Hey, listeners, a guest of mine has no idea we're going to celebrate her birthday. December 12th was her actual birthday, but today we're just going to do it anyway. I'm so excited. Uh, you guys better keep this hush, okay? You guys do know how to keep a secret, right? <laughs> Who am I even speaking to right now? Anywho, she's an amazing way with words and speaking with others. What? Who? What? Her name? Oh, my bad. It's Jen Ward Hall, silly. The mother of gratitude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Ten Talk Radio Network. The Gratitude Collection. I mean, the list goes on. She's a screenwriter and many, many more things. She's just a creative, artistic joy. Okay? So, thank you. I do know stuff about her. Okay? Uh, anyways. So, you guys. Let's really make this like a really good time for her. And let her know that she is family here. And a voice to be reckoned with. And um, Jenward Hall, happy birthday from Brandy J. What's up, everybody? Thank you for being here. Brandy J's Voice to be Reckoned With, Season 3. Yes, yes. For the 2020 vision, right? I'm so excited for what the vision is for the 2020 and for all of you, all your ventures. I hope all goes well and I hope everybody really enjoyed themselves bringing in their New Year's. Today, I have with me a very special guest and friend, Jen Ward Hall. Yes. Jen Ward Hall, uh, we just want to say happy birthday here at A Voice to Be Reckoned With. We know that your birthday was December 12th. But I thought I'd do something a little special here for you today. Uh, guys, please, please, please give Jen Ward Hall a welcoming ear and let's show her a good time. So just relax and enjoy the show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Don't go too far. Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Voice to Be Reckoned With with Brandy Joy. Today, I have a very special guest. By the name of Jen Ward Hall, she has a radio uh, show, uh, well, radio network, the Choice Radio Network. And Jen, are you there? Should I call you Jen? I or? am. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can you tell us some more about uh, who you are and what you do? Hey, hey, everybody! Thank you for listening, and I appreciate you having me on the show today, Brandy. Um, I've been really Probably. looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's kind of funny um, the way that everything has happened with radio. And the only way that I can say that I'm connected into it is because my dad was a radio seaman in the Navy. And since his death, I've, you know, I, I've had like little parts of him pop up in different ways in my life. Um, one of them being in radio, I think that's one of the ways that he's, he's connected with me. But I went into a radio show talking about a short movie that I was producing. And I had no 
no desire really no ambition to be on radio or have my own show or anything i just wanted to be producer and director and actor and so on and more uh before we went on when i was in the uh, voice radio now we're getting on the show uh that lasted about almost three minutes and then I started connecting with them and I didn't realize that they were plugging one of their sponsors for the for the type of um, negative water they were they were manufacturing. And so I was able to go into the chemistry of it and everything. And the next thing I know, we took a hard commercial break and they said, come over here, little lady, you need to be in the camera. And by the end of this hour long program of us talking and, and having fun and talking about the movie that's being produced in Tampa, um, I started pitching my own show. And at the end of the program, by the time we left, I had my own show, a $30,000 salary, and was told, go. And it was Monday through Friday from 5 to, um, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11. And it was, it was beautiful. It was called A Beautiful Day. Because I really felt like this was, you know, something from heaven that was sent for me. And Kim was my co-host. Um, Kim... Kim has, um, she's like my other half. And my thing is that I'm a mother of gratitude and I'm here to bring it. I want everybody to go to sleep thinking about gratitude in their own life, wake up, look in the mirror and say thank you. And I want to bring people together with gratitude on a different platform in a different way. So for Kim and I, we're the mothers of gratitude. Um, we're every mother is a mother of gratitude, whether you have fur babies or children that we are all innately nurturing people. And so our show is, we have celebrities on our show. Um, we have a psychic that comes on. We have um, people that are healing, meaning they're therapists that come on, um, motivational speakers. We have Pearls of Gratitude and Pearl is a motivational speaker here in Tampa. And she wants to get together a, a uh, like a she shed on wheels is what we wanna do and go around helping people um, and just go around and, and sharing the light. Wow, that is awesome. I love and, everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's the one vehicle in radio and podcasting that I feel, I feel alive. Like this is yeah. what I'm supposed to do. Sure. And this whole year, this past year, um, I've been screen. I've been writing a screenplay for Richard Grieco uh, from something that we were working on before, and it's a five-part movie series franchise. And when I got to the end of it, and we copyright we copywrote it in November, October, November. Um, at that point, I was shooting another short movie, and we happened to be shooting at this place called F3, which is the Florida Future Factory in Clearwater, Florida. And when I was upstairs, my production manager, Terry Hopkins, took me there. I didn't want to go. I'm like, just take pictures like you did before. Just show. And he goes, no, you have to experience this. I'm like, nah, yeah, I just don't want to go. It was late at night. I just didn't want to go. So we end up all carpooling. And Terry's like, how am I going to get her over there? I'm thinking during the day, dude. Give me <laughs> let me 30 at night, you know. I'm going to be going into Clearwater at 9 o'clock at night. I'm tired. And we get over there. And it's this beautiful building. And David Yoakum this is his brainchild and you walk in before you walk in there's the force on um 
where you would press to open if you're handicap accessible and the door opens and it's all aviation, Star Wars, sci-fi. Um, he has computer printers and everything. He's trying to figure out what he really wants to do with this building. And I'm like, we're filming. That's what we're doing. I need a podcast and we need a podcast out of here. We need to film out of here. I just, this is, this is what needs to be done. And we go upstairs and it's all medical, medical rooms. And as we're going through, because I need one of the, one of the rooms I need to be my, um, my waiting area. And then I need a, an examination room for my movie. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I just start crying. And I'm like, Terry. And he's like, yeah, Jen, that's why you're here. I'm like, Terry. And he's like, yeah, I know. And it was the exact examination room that I had written that when it came to me, it was like I was being downloaded with a video and I'm just kind of like taking notes. And it's all there, like it's all real. Everything that I wrote, it's there. Everything that Richard told me to write a movie around manifested. Like it just didn't manifest, it manifested beyond my wildest dreams. And yeah, and that's how good God is. And I almost hit the floor in tears. I mean, it took me, I just kind of like, I needed a minute before I really started doing, you know, that ugly cry. (laughs) 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 Like it wasn't going to be the pretty cry. Ugly cry. I'm on the floor thanking God, ugly cry. You know, that's what it's about to be. And it was so funny because um, Terry was right the whole time. Um, And I can't believe the way that... um, everything has come about so beautifully to where on my birthday, which was December 12th. Yes, on my birthday, I saw that. Thank you. On, um, hang on. On my birthday in December 12th, I was at my girlfriend's house helping her plan for her Christmas party. And I didn't have a one candle wish. I didn't have a cake. Um, We didn't even go, we were Christmas shopping hard, so. My, my wish was to be at Five Guys for a hamburger that I have eaten in like six years. You know, I just, well, let me oh, literally shoot. just have that. <laughs> That's what I'm talking out. about. I know, right? So it's like, no, we're going to be bad, but we're going to be really bad. It's like, you know, we're going to be angry. And I'm like, and I, so I said, my one candle wish that I don't have a candle for is I want my radio back. I want my podcast back. Like, and I want it back big. I want it to be so big, I can't even walk around it. Like, this is something in my face that I can't. You know, here's your blessing, and you you can't walk around this. You can't, you have to acknowledge it. You just can't say, oh, that's a coincidence, or that's that. Here it is, and it's grandest form. And the next day is when Steve Joyner contacted me. Wow. And he had, I had befriended Eddie on Facebook, Eddie Deason, who was one of my contacts, Facebook, you know, how people that you should know. And Eddie came up with all these people that I should know. And I'm like, huh, we have all these people in common. So I Facebooked him as a friend and I wrote him in Messenger and we became Facebook friends and he, we've talked on the phone, um, we've messaged each other and he wrote something and I wrote a smart ass answer on Facebook and Steve did too and I, and I liked it and I, I called him out on it or something and said he was really funny. And so Steve was like, do you know who I am and how I can help you? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Tampa minding my own business, you know. And at that point, Kim and Kim, because um, it had been about a year, Kim and I, had, Kim had called me and said, I really feel like 
God's putting on my heart, we're supposed to get back together. And to the point to where my husband is saying, Jen needs you. Where You got to get to Jen because she needs you. And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, so we had been talking about putting it together, how we're putting it together, what we're doing. And then Steve calls me and we finally connect. And in the conversation of a phone call, he sets up like my month for podcasting. He sets me up and it has been bigger and grander. It is the show that I've been always wanted to have. Um, everything is coming together. David at F3 it has made an entire room for podcasting that I needed specifically. And when he was asking, he asked, when did I have that phone call with Steve? And I gave him the exact time. He goes, that's funny. And I said, what's funny? And he goes, because I had a vision about this. And I'm cleaning out the room that we're supposed to have the podcasting room in. And we're going through a wall. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I got a sledgehammer. We're going to go through that wall. That's the produce production side. We're going to plexiglass over the kitchen part. So you're going to be able to see straight through three rooms. And I'm like, whoa. So he has gotten all the equipment and we're going to be able to help other people podcast so that they'll be able to call in and we can set everything up for them. And it's just been um, such a beautiful, beautiful experience since my birthday. And somehow I've ended up being sick. So I think it's the universe saying, relax, relax, um, which is something that's hard for me to do. Mm, so that's, that. that's been uh, my, my birthday, my birthday happiness, I would say. Wow. And I'm looking forward to 2020. I'm looking really forward to it. That's an awesome story. We're, we're thanks, saying that. you looking forward. 2020 what is it mm -hmm. what is it that the most um, excited about leaving behind in 2019 I gotta tell you it's amazing that you asked me that question it's completely remarkable I went to I went to a um, I know Steve is like messaging me Steve I'm ah. on the radio um, <laughs> you should know this <laughs> you should know this you should know this um, my casting director um Bobby Hill, who was taking me underneath her wing, which is amazing. It's like a Steve moment, right? Steve Joyner moment, um, was taking me to a play. And I forgot, girl, I forgot I was going. Like, you know how you roll, you're like, yeah, I'll go. When is it next month? Sure, I'll go. And, and the next thing I know, she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, for what? And she goes, you know, I'm coming over to your house. I'll be there in about an hour. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we go, she's like, we're going to the Stras, remember? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I can't, you know, I can't lie. I'm, I'm such a bad liar. So I'm like, I'm getting ready now. <laughs> she goes, you sound like it. And we go, and it's called Eulogy of a Green Beret, and it's called The Last Out. And they give you these wristbands, um, green wristbands that go with it. And the play was remarkable. And ev the people that were in the play, it was like five, five characters. Um, they were all veterans. One of them was a Green Beret. Wow. It was the most powerful, powerful play. And at the end of it, they have a cue and answer. And I said, I'm, I gotta say, we gotta make this into a movie, Bobby. We can't, we can't let this die. I don't care if it ends up on Broadway. This has to be a movie. We have to make this. And on one side of it, it says, let go. And on the other side of it, it says eulogy of a green beret. 
um, the last out. And it's that you are the last out in your life and you have to let go before you can go anywhere else. And so, and it's, it goes into Afghanistan. It goes into kind of what's real things happened. And during the Q and answer, I said, my name's Jennifer Hall. I'm a producer director. I want to know if I can get the rights to produce this into a movie. I'm here with Bobby Hill. You guys know her. Um, I want the rights. I want to do this. And so for 2020, I want to bring this so that everybody can start letting go of all the baggage. Nobody gets through this life unscathed. We all have something. Yeah. You know? And man, when you're going through a storm, it can hit you. It can rock you. You can be doing everything right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get T-boned out of nowhere. And, you know, do you deserve it? No. Why'd you do it? I don't know. Why'd it happen? I can't help it. It's not something that you can help sometimes. It's not something you even see. You just get hit. Um, and you have to let go of it. You have to forgive and forgive yourself and let go. And one of the things I um, I was asking was right, right around my birthday was why do we have storms? Hmm. Why do we have storms in our life? And the answer that one of my friends gave me is like, well, something's got to wash it away, Jen. Something's hmm. got to knock it off all of us. You know, when we've got when we've got this crap on us, something's got to knock it all off. And I was like, wow, that was my answer. Because nobody gets through unscathed. No. So I really, really want to, and either I'm going to be filming it like like the play. Um, because I think it's pretty powerful in the way that they already have it set up. Or I'm going to be spending some millions of dollars and making it like, you know, saving Private Ryan, where you're going to have the real bombs and all this, the real stuff that makes it real. And I'm really, really leaning on filming it like the play. Because I think they've done such a powerful job just in what they've done. And everybody needs to see it. And that way I could bring it without it, without it um, costing a lot of money. Yeah. Because I just want people to see it. I just want them to get the message that we have to let go of yeah. everything. Yep, let go, let go. I, I, I kind of tear up a little bit over here when you're talking about it because yeah, I'm like going through a storm right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of them you can't you can't control. I mean, my hair turned white, white. Wow. I mean, um, if you guys look me up on Facebook, Jen Ward Hall, I have white hair in front, and I turned rogue. Uh, I was happy with it. There was nothing wrong with it. And then it started turning platinum, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't mind having this in the '80s, you know, when everybody wanted to be blonde. But like, no, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that now. I was ready for it 20 years ago. I'm not ready for this now. Um, so I, I had to roll with it. You know what I mean? Because um, I was fighting it really bad. And so I decided, fine, I'm going to roll with it. And I found somebody to take me blonde so that now it's all coming in. And it's all coming in um, platinum in front. So I just went rogue. I said, fine, make the rest of it red and we're rogue. I had to be my own superhero. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I had to find her. I had to find my own superhero. So we could, we could, we could fly out of the storm. <laughs> it is, it's been, it's been amazing, but this is my first year of sleep. And since I've been insomniac, 
So I'm really happy that I've been able to do my goals that I wanted to do within one year. Yeah, well rested. It's amazing what happens when you can't sleep. You know. Wow. So that's, that's amazing. You gotta let go because something's gotta wash it off. You that's know. So true. So true. I don't know. What, what do you think it is that? As you, do you think it's fair why some people find it so hard to to let go or just so darn pent up? You know, or not letting. Just like I, when you say let go, I, in my head I imagine like just letting go a big sigh you know and just relief and some people are just so hell-bent on just holding on and just can't let you know let whatever it is that may be let it go yeah for me it's free falling it's like literally being out of the airplane or being the bird pushed out of the nest because mm-hmm. I was pretty pretty comfortable where I was I mean mm-hmm. I liked my nest it was cool you know no big deal I'm happy um and, you know, but what happens when it disintegrates? You know, yeah. you're, you're kicked out. So for me, letting go is free falling. It's, mm. it's literally free falling. I don't have a parachute. I just got my wings and we're gonna see where they take me. Have you ever read the book, The Shack? No, I haven't. Okay, Wait, is it a movie too? Yeah, they did a movie, but I wasn't happy about it. Um, the book is so much better and I hate when they try to Hollywood a book you know and they, they kind of push through it without without being uh, I think the integrity was a little bit lost uh-huh. because there's one part of the book where the Holy Spirit takes um, takes him it's a garden and he's like there's nothing wrong with this garden why are you why are we digging it up like it's all pretty and eclectic and why are we digging it up and it's like to get the roots out you gotta you gotta dig dip and we gotta go deeper we got to get all the roots out so you know more things can plant you know everything's going to come up more beautifully and my neighbor I keep asking for things and heaven keeps presenting me with them so I'm going with it right law of attraction and I said I wanted a gratitude garden for my front yard because I lost all my grass and um, you know I, I couldn't resod and watering it wasn't going to work so I asked for a gratitude garden my neighbor across the street heard the download and the next day I have plants in my front yard now he's throwing them on my front yard like my dad would do or something and so he's cleaning out his yard and giving me all these really cool plants and one thing that I really wanted was a crepe myrtle because he has three of them in his yard and he came over it was November November or October and he said Jen I got a bonsai for you and I'm like, oh, really? I'm going to tear up. My dad, that was our thing. We did bonsais together. Wow. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, no one, girl, that this is heavenly. Like, this is like, this is something significant. And he comes over and here's this four foot tree. And I'm like, that is no damn, you know, that, that is not a bonsai. That's a tree. This is, this, is, this is a tree. This is not a bonsai. And he says, dig a hole. And, um, you know, I'll come and help you and see where you are later. So I have to drop everything. You know, thank goodness I have the time to do it. I had to drop everything and dig a hole that I've never dug before. And I have a small, I have a small shovel that's like my size because I'm petite. And I'm digging and I'm digging and I'm digging. And he, he's going, you got to make it bigger, got to make it bigger. And I'm like, okay. 
So he'd come over and see what I'm doing. He goes, yeah, you're doing good. Just keep going. And I am digging and I am hitting all of these roots and I'm, you know, I'm just hell bent on making this happen. And I'm as much as I can do until the point of exhaustion. And he comes over and he goes, you've done enough work. You've shown me that, you know, you want this tree. So I'm going to do the rest because you've already done, you've already done the hard work. And let me show you what the easy work is. And he brings over this tool that I needed. And it's really super heavy on the bottom of the, the shovel. So you don't have to really do much. And he goes, look, all I'm going to do is drop it. And it's going to, it's going to cut these roots in half because you've done all the hard work. This is the easy part. And even though you don't think it's easy, you just didn't have the right tool. So he's showing me how to dig the rest of the hole. And then he does it for me and breaks open this beautiful tree and plants it and waters it and, and, and we take care of it. And I am just holding back tears because that's exactly what I've done this year. Oh, so you just gotta free fall. You just have to go and do as much as you can and let all of that momentum move forward and move you into where you want to go because it's where you're supposed to be. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the mother of gratitude. <laughs> it's oh, usually not this heavy. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> but this is the mother of gratitude. This is the good stuff. This is the soul work, you know, and that's Must what Kim and I are about, you know, and doing it in a universal way to yeah. where no matter what religious background, political affiliation, no matter anything that, that my, um, take us and divide us as a human race one thing two things we all have in common we have gratitude and we have heaven and if we could just have both of those in those terms then everybody gets it and everybody can receive it so at the end of my show i always say um you are blessed you are loved and you are sacred because if you are blessed you can receive love and if you can receive love you can know that you're sacred and maybe be more gentle on yourself yeah. And then you can have a beautiful day. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Downloading the love and sending it out. Uh, very much. It's so <clears throat> crazy that we're sitting here having this, you know, this conversation, you know, because that's mm-hmm. exactly some of the things that, you know, as for me, I've been not struggling with for me, but with others, you know, it's more right. I want to feel the love, and I'm just, you know, and it's like, what's wrong with everybody? I'm, I'm looking at like, what's wrong with everybody? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? They're watching on, TV. That's what's know? wrong with them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you go out in the world. I mean, if you if you watch the news, if if you watch all the crap that's on TV, right, you would think we're at each other's throats. But when you go out into the world um it's really beautiful and and the cool thing is i used to go i consider Publix now my bougie um grocery store mm-hmm. um because of being through my storm i had to really i was left with not much but what i was left with i was grateful for and so i started going to what i call my ghetto walmart down the <laughs> street because people would hit you up in the parking lot before you even got in the door um, trying to sell you 
some stuff and it was just you know it's, it's my it's my Walmart and it is my favorite place to go shopping now because of how nice everybody is and how kind and um, you know one guy was blind and everybody's helping him around the store and you know he's got to get the right thing for his girlfriend so he's asking for the right product because <laughs> when he gets home he better have it <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it was just really really cute it's really sweet and I love my people so it's um, it's been a really cool experience and it's, it's taught me a lot of really neat things that I feel like I've waited this long in my life to have this much fun wow and I had to have everything basically taken away from me mm. so to see that the, the real foundation that's there and the person that I'm really supposed to be in this life and I'm not gonna when I went back for her I had no idea who I was going back for and how haunting that would be but that's the next that's the next show um, that goes in with my screenplay and with what Richard Grieco who is an amazing man um, Richard is I really want you guys to be able to see him one day through my eyes because he's such a renaissance man and he's so damn humble. Um, he really needs to have his own reality show or something. And it, it has really been a part of a really cool foundation, getting back into film and doing what I'm supposed to do with my life and having the right people around me, like Steve and like you, to where the messages that I want to be brought out and the stuff that I want to be able to manufacture has the right elements in place so that everyone else can benefit from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. Okay. Um, so, and I, I'm just really, I'm really thankful because without Richard, I wouldn't be where I am. And so we'll have, we'll have a Greco, we'll go into Greco land next time. Um, <laughs> And so what I call it, it's my favorite place, it's Greco land. Um, it's got me back into my art, it's found the core that I needed to be, and writing a screenplay that I never wrote before. Finding the part of myself that he had no idea what he was asking for, and a, a part of me that was blocked out. And it's just, it's like the movie behind the movie. Mm. So it's, it's really cool. Wow, wow. You, you basically just like shared almost all the things that I, I was, you know, kind of wanted to flow with and ask you. I, like when you answered it with um, Richard, you know, I was mm -hmm. going to ask biggest support or inspiration. And then the way you spoke of him, you know, I could tell that he plays a big role in where you are right now in your life. So you've summed that up and that's that's amazing. Well, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we miss having mentors. I don't know what generation we skipped it. Um, it was almost like we are the last, my generation, Generation X, is like the last generation to have mentors. We didn't really, you know, I could, I could see them going away in my generation. Yeah. And, and I was thinking the same thing the other day, like mentorship, like mentors. Where are they? Where are these people that used to be the light that we mm -hmm. could go to and take us underneath their wing? and yeah. bring us into where we want to go and where we want to be. I mean, even in um, professions, you know, even the highest professions, the doctors, the lawyers, they're not being mentored. They're just being thrown stuff. Here, go. 
do and learn it and it's not fair and it's, it's not a, it's it's a hard way to bring somebody up into an industry to where the old school generation that we're a part of Richard and I are a part of um, and Steve you know we're here to to help other people but it's having somebody like Richard believe in me as a person um, yes. and knowing what I want to do and saying I believe in you do it go do that you know and, and let me know when you're done amazing and exactly that's what Steve <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's exactly like Steve you know he has mm-hmm. that amazing amazing quality yeah. to where Steve has just rocked my world um, and you know just like lightning hitting mm-hmm. me going here's here's the lightning in the bottle mm-hmm. um, and we've caught it you know and not only we've ca- caught it we've harnessed it and it, it's it's our own power station <laughs> oh man that's amazing I completely mm-hmm. completely understand uh, understand where you're coming from and I appreciate you you know sharing a lot of what you shared as I listen I realize that I have a lot of stuff you have a lot of similarities a lot of things in common I think Steve even said that too but <laughs> yeah he did Yes, you did. Yeah, and so that's uh, pretty cool, you know. Especially from your uh, your creative and your you know artistic side, I, uh, that's that's like that's my everything. Just being creative and artistic, painting and you know radio, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I had I had got out of reach with all that stuff too. And then podcasting, and then me and Steve just brought it all back. So I've been messing around with poetry and just doing stuff. And I've just been in this whole other world where that other stuff that was bothering me or just sitting there wasn't even that really big of a deal anymore <laughs> you know was, you're was, in the creative like, vortex yeah you know it's the creative vortex and that's what I see that's what I've seen from the beginning a couple of years ago was just the vortex and I didn't know who Abraham Hicks was um, I started saying things that were Abraham Hicks like and my friends that know Abraham and that follow all that stuff um I'm like, who is he? <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, who is he? Like, who are you talking about? And I thought it was just kind of funny because, you know, we get the downloads. That's what I call it, the downloads from heaven. And it, it helps us move forward, but it gives other people validation in their own life. So when you're in that creative vortex and it just keeps going, it's going gonna, it's gonna to manifest what you're looking for and what you need. And in 2020, I just... I feel like there's a huge manifestation of everything that we've been doing is going to materialize monetarily, you know, because the groundwork has been done, the hard work we've done. So it's time for the big shovel to come in and dig a little deeper so that we can grow into the people that we're supposed to be and blossom and we can help other people and pollinate and uh, make the world a better place. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something I would be a part of, you know, just, uh, I mean, I feel like no matter what, we're always going to have these, these things going on in the world that, you know, aren't great and some of them horrific, but I feel like humanity, people in general, if we could just love ourselves better and then love right. one another and help one another that we can handle, we could deal with these, these things, you know what I mean? Because we're helping one another. When one falls, we pick them up, you know? When I'm strong, you're weak. When you're weak, I'm strong, you know? It's just there. And we're not the ones trying to 
bring that person down. You, you look up and it's another, you know what I mean? You're, you know what I mean? Well, there's, there's, there's a vulnerability that, you know, that goes in with that too. Um, and I think people are just afraid. So what yeah. I want to do is um, have like a day of the week that Kim and I are putting together a day of the week, you know, for like opening the doors Tuesday or something, you know, um, have a smile on Monday because you're going to get through it and smile today's smile day so everybody smile at each other be kind to one another let somebody in traffic you know um type of thing and um have something for every day of the week that's pretty rad that's pretty cool so that we can i call it play it forward not pay it forward i paid enough (laughs) my my talk was full on both sides girl i'm done Um, (laughs) play it forward and have fun with it. And that way, you know, hopefully we can come together more as a society and be kinder and gentler with each other. Sure, for sure, for sure. Man, I tell you, Jen, you're just saying all the right things because when you said that, about playing it forward and having those little things for each day of the week. Well, yeah. We're second and third graders. Well, you know, I'll, kinder to eighth, but I- You got it. I you work got with- it. Every day, I have to come up with something because they treat each other so horrible, so horrible. And I'm always, that it's not even about learning anymore, even though it always is, but you can't really teach if you don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, kids just got to learn to treat. We have, that's part of teaching. <laughs> Give them learning lessons and be like, oh, here you go. You take your test. We, I, I take it as teach you how to be, you know, wherever teaching is needed. If I need to teach you guys and help you learn how to treat each other, then that's what it is. But it's been right. such a task. But, you know, every day I come home, I like doing it. I come up with new ways. And I, I did something like that where I made these little cards and I put, okay, today, Monday, uh, or kind of call them kindness cards. Leave a card in someone's desk and tell them how, you know what I mean? Or great, oh, you know, I like that. or ask one of your classmates what their favorite color is. Get to know one another. Just something different, mm-hmm. you know, just to get them, but put fun, you know, in it because they spend so much time tearing each other down and just doing the most worst things. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I was like this as a kid, but you know, different times, you know what I mean? And I, TV and all this other stuff that we got, you know, kids don't do what they used to do, get out, ride their bikes and, you know, run up down the neighborhood anymore. They, they are on social media and they are just not doing, you know, I, I'm, I'm not 80s, certain. So, <laughs> yeah. say, so I was like, not on this type of, you know, I didn't have phones like that. Like our heads running phones, you know, yeah. we're outside yeah. running. So the lights, you know, street lights came on. Exactly, yeah. Or somebody whistled. It's time for everybody to get home. Right. Um, <laughs> one of my neighbors had a mad whistle. You could hear it from like a mile away. And it would be five o'clock every day, five or six o'clock. And that meant everybody better get their ass home. And um, it was time for dinner. Like everybody was off the street. <laughs> yep. And we all knew when Mr. Stefanik, you know, would do his whistle it was like oh god okay time for dinner but we were all outside whether we liked it or not whether we wanted to be or not mm-hmm. and yep. so it's it's hard to do that now um, and, and to let go because I think we know how precious our kids are but at the same time if they don't do that we're losing them I'm not certain what what we are um, cultivating yeah. and these kids I, I haven't because I have teenagers now so I've gone from having the cute and cuddly mm-hmm. 
child to a velociraptor. You know, that's what I <laughs> I got a mini one. I'm like 13 in March. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So my girls would turn into velociraptors. And it's like, oh, oh dear. Because, you know, everything is cringy now. Um, can't, can't hug them and snuggle them like I used to. They're taller than me. They're raiding my wardrobe. I can't find stuff. And it's cute. And I like it. But, man, you know, I worry. The worry that I have now is different than it was when they were little. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to be out there with all those people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and the... You know, I always said the world can wait because the world's going to have you anyway. You can stay inside. Um, but now it's like, yeah, you can't protect them from. Yeah, you can't. But you want social media. Yeah. You just got to give them the right tools and, you know, pray, you know, be installed, <laughs> you know, and enough, enough. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But they'll have their fall, you know, they'll, like we did, they'll fall and. You know, and if they fall, you just got to teach them how to, what you do. It's not what you do when you fall, it's what you do after, you know, you get back up, you know? Right. And you know what's, you know, the irony is growing up, our parents came from a generation that had black and white TVs, right? Yep. (laughs) And that was the difference between the the caveman times, because our grandparents didn't have TVs, Um, you know, going in the 1900s. But now it's Wi-Fi. We're now the cavemen because we have the pre-Wi-Fi and after Wi-Fi generations. And so automatically I'm looked at as, as the caveman because I didn't have it growing up. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't have a remote growing up? We didn't have a remote. We were the remote, you know. We were telling right. talking on the phone. You know? <laughs> uh, and they just look at me and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm getting a phone. I'm going to have it in the, in the house. And they're going to be like, what the heck is that? It's a phone. Right. Ringing, <laughs> ringing, and you can't you can't move past the kitchen. <laughs> right. Everybody can just hear me staring at me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can't text on it. <laughs> you can't text on it. No, it's not an invasion of privacy either. You know. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! That's so funny. I remember when um the remote control. Uh, I think it was that. The- the cable box the first one came out was Cox Cable that little square yeah. box uh-huh. yeah I remember my dad when it first came out my dad had one and he would leave the remote on top of the TV and he would get up and still walk to turn to change the channel he said I'm not using that he said that's called the lazy that's a lazy control you know, oh my he, gosh but the remote yes. yeah, on top of the TV he refused to use it <laughs> yeah now it's like you lose your remote control. You don't know. You lose your your mind. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> you can't. You can't get. You can't function. <laughs> if it doesn't work, what happened to my batteries? What are my batteries? What? what is it a solar flare? What's going on? <laughs> oh man, things. The things that we rely on now. And I, I sat back and I thought about it. I was like, it'd be so cool. Cause you know, I don't know if they do home ec or anything like that anymore. But I still think it'd be so cool to teach kids how it was to you know what I mean to have those those uh <clears throat> those skills that say like all this kind of went away certain things we wouldn't have anymore down to washing your own clothes out by with hand hanging it on the you know what I mean or we hung it outside yeah, yeah. skill sets to have to, just to say if that's what it came down to in the world like you know those things those survival type of you know because you know they they don't have a washing machine they're like oh what am I gonna do well that would be the class (laughs) of survival you know (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be zombie apocalypse class one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> oh. how to survive how to survive without <laughs> wi-fi <laughs> like other things to do right there's no internet there's no phones like you know they don't know what to do so it's like and, and i noticed that um working with i've been working with schools since like uh, i think about six or six and a half seven years that when the kids don't have anything to do that's when they uh start doing like cer certain kids i noticed they'll start going at each other or gossiping it got really bad one year where these just nasty rumors just populated just it, it touched everyone from staff to everyone it was just really nasty and then um, <clears throat> very stressful chill. And I remember one of the students saying to me, she's like, you know why I do what I do? So what? She says, because so, so nobody will do it to me or they're going to do it to me first. So that's why, you know, I cause trouble. Yeah. To, she does know. it out of fear. Yeah. And I was, you know, that she told me that, I was, you know, I was okay with her sharing that you know, with me, you know, and, and it gave me an insight even more you know, and helped me take mm -hmm. a look at some things to, I always like to say, redirected behavior, you know? So right. that's the goal, this, this new school year, is finding things to redirect the kids from fighting with each other or doing this or doing that, you know, just redirect, but in a positive manner, you know, so. Because all of that is fear-based, mm -hmm. all of it. And yep. you're in the trenches, woman. You've got brass ovaries because you were <laughs> able to do stuff that I'm not. And that, that wasn't my calling. But yeah, you're in the trenches with, when it comes to that because everything that they're going through, it's magnetized in their own world, you know? Yep. And it's just magnified on social media. So, yep. you know, the more, the more fear that their negativity they're putting out, the worse it's coming back. And you got a whole classroom doing that. Yeah. They have to figure it out, not not to harness that. Yeah, for sure. And I just always use every moment as a teachable moment, you know, right. and I, I see that. Instead of just being like, no, 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 you know what I mean? It's more like, let me humanize, let me show you, you know what I mean, how to have empathy for, you know, you don't know right. what someone else was doing. They're not here, they're at home, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, completely. Gotta... So, yeah. Completely, because I didn't have a safe place growing up. I mean, I grew up in a house full of teenagers. Everybody was drunk or stoned. And um, my dad worked days. My mom worked nights. My sister kind of took care of me. I was left on my own for so long. My neighbor took care of me. They were from the Bronx. I got their accent over my parents' southern accent from South Carolina. So I was a northern, I'm a southern child, northern child born in a southern family. Wow. So when I would go back to South Carolina, Everybody would be like, what happened? How'd you give birth to a Yankee? I mean, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> because I had such a hard New York accent and it's gotten better, but um, I do not have the Southern twang of the rest of my family at all whatsoever. So when you look at us, we all look the same, but um, we don't sound anything like each other. Which is which has always been funny because I've never lost it, and it's going from that to going into a school like you're talking about. Um, that was like me growing up. I mean, it was just it was hard. It was hard, and there was no safe place. But what I do remember 
are my teachers and they became the pillars and the foundation of my life. So all the good things that I knew was inside of me, they would show it. Yeah. And that's what you're doing to your kids. Yeah, so it's about, you know, it's not just about teaching, uh, you know, like, you know, book, you know, book teaching, you know what I mean? It's way more deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. seeing the bulbs come on when they finally receive or get something, you know, or, you know, just this, when they say the most funniest stuff and you're not supposed to laugh, it's just watching them grow from kindergarten to like six, you know, fourth, just watch them just grow. It's just like immature and just, and it's like one of the most like rewarding gifts, you know, that so I've that's ever. one of the most beautiful things about teachers like you. You know, and it speaks volumes about what you're doing with the kids. Because you're it. You're their safety. You're their safety net. You're their safety line. Yeah. You know, you're, you have no idea the, the power that you have. We all have the power of life and death in our tongue. But to be a teacher for children who don't have a home life that's not nurturing, you're it. You're the replacement, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I take that very, you know, uh, personal and I, you know, and I don't, t- I don't take it lightly, you know. Because I yeah, pay attention closely, yeah. and I could see disappointment. It could be anything, you know, with the disappointment and want in someone, a kid's eyes. If I forget something, or just whatever it may be, you know what I mean. I'll remember it, you know, and then I'll, I'll go back to it, you know, and I'll say something, or I'll go over to, you know what I mean, because they're kids, so they're just, you know, it's, you know, I just don't ever, I don't know what it's like on the other side for them, and if they're used to just. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just like at home or she's just, you know what I mean? I don't ever want to be that for them. I want them to know, you know, how I'm human. I'm trying my best. Okay, I'm a hot, my students, they know I'm a hot mess. Like, they know, they know I never know my <laughs> Okay, I've hired so many. They're my assistant. I'm like, okay, she's the assistant. She's that. Okay, you know where my phone is. Okay, go get that. <laughs> so let me yeah, but that's good because you were giving them, <laughs> you're, you're, make, you're giving them power to help you help them. Yeah, they love and it And when too. you give them that ownership, that ownership of education, you know, that helps their self-esteem. Yeah. It's my little buddies. <laughs> That's awesome. How many kids do you have in your class? Um, this year, I go between two classes, but my main class is a, this is a combo second and third grade. And I think there's all together 22 at the most. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the, the great thing about this group of kids is I've been with, I've been with them since I've been with the second graders. I've been with them since they were in kindergarten. I've been in each one. So every year I come back, I've always been that because I'm not the, the certified, like the teacher of the classroom, but I'm mm-hmm. the, like that big support. Like, like my job is very important. Like if I don't go to work, I'm messing up somebody's day, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we're very much needed. So you know, I, I feel like reading and phonics and that support. You know what I mean? Because there's so many kids that one teacher, you know what I mean, can't give you know her time to each. Right. You know what I mean? As she, as she would want, he or she would want to. So yeah, I've been with these kids since they were in kindergarten, and now they're both second and third. So it's like my little little you know, family. Yeah, that's awesome. Grow. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get attached to, you know, like if one doesn't come back or, you know, or ditches off to a, you know, to another school or whatever it may be. You're like, oh, 
<laughs> well, they become your family. Mm-hmm. You know, these are your kids, literally. Yeah. Yep. That's one thing I can say about them because I don't really, anything that happens outside or what I'm going through is pretty much forgotten when I'm, uh, when I, as soon as I get there. So. How long have you been a teacher? I've been working. I started uh, work because before I was advocating for um, families with foster care and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I got that through an intern and then I became an office manager. And so my son was going to uh, this uh, his school, a charter school, and uh, you know my, I was very you know I knew I knew the staff very well because I always volunteered, you know what I mean, then all that stuff. And then one day I come in because I wasn't working at other place anymore, and they were like, "Luckily I didn't wear my pajamas that day when I dropped them off." They're like, "So did she tell you you're working today?" I said, "Huh?" And then like that was he, when he was in first grade. He's in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade now. And so, yes, from first to seventh grade, that's how long I, and I was working in my son's school with him from first to, I think it was sixth grade. Been in the same, from, cause we went to two different schools cause our first school got shut down after a few years. And then I ended up getting a job at his, uh, his second school, but I had to remove him to, you know, I just separated because things weren't going too well as far as, uh, that's when the, uh, the bullying and, all that that started to uh, manifest and occur. How do you think is the easiest way? I know it's it's not easy, but to nip it in the bud for bullying. Oh wow! Well, it's not easy, but it's necessary. I right. think um, we can't treat anything like lightly. Like it has anything like for making fun of someone anything you have to nip it in the butt because it's they're doing it at someone else's expense and I know for me I don't like to be the brunt or the joke or anybody disrespecting or making fun of me you know so I think if when you start right, right there and then you engage and then you, you have to already know what you're working with you know kids are mean to them. there's mean okay <laughs> I'm telling you experience there mean <laughs> you know what I mean you have to be a listen I walk around a lot when I because I'm a safety at recess too and um, I listen without even I was kind of like mm-hmm, you know kind of listening on stuff I pay a lot of attention to body language and to what's going on around you know and you just you have to engage with them. you can't let any of it slide all of it is a teachable moment but I think it's a nip it in the bud you have to have something put in place already like uh you have to talk about it you know because even if you have a controlling your school it's going on in the rest of the world you know and so you have those things going on outside when they go home or watch the news you have to address those things at at school the, the mass shootings all that stuff you have to talk about these things right. help them mm-hmm. work it out and understand these things you have to put programs into place where like kids can bond with each other if you have a certain group that doesn't really dip, like clicks they don't really talk to the others i noticed that a lot then you should do things. You find out what kids like to do and you do things, put them in settings. You don't force them, but kind of start, you know, work, working together, you know, especially with the, the young girls because, you know, we're trying to rate women here, young ladies, you exactly. know, and, and that's just, that's a thing that I really just don't like when I see girls, women in general, but young girls putting other girls down, you know, and so even that too, you have to like, you know, because they go home and they get it probably too. And that's probably why they're doing it at school. But if you have a, a really good <clears throat> school to where that's what you're, that's part, like, 
part of your curriculum as much as your your you know what I mean your curriculum math and all that stuff that has to be too and I think you'll most likely you you won't be perfect but you'll have a chance but you have to be consistent with it because they're consistent with it and it has to be consequences you know it just has to be so that's I agree I think so I think good so. I, I hope that helps a lot of parents out there I and mean, teachers I, and people. I hope so too. I mean, as far as where I, where I'm at right now, I don't have that power. <clears throat> All I can do is be the person who I am to to these children and to any child across my path. But that's why I want to start my program, you know, my my foundation, you know, for um, stopping the pain, you know, and that's for the bullies mm-hmm. and the bullies, so they can come together and the bully the bullies. They can, you know, turn that, you know, because they lead other people. People follow that mess. <laughs> yeah, they, they turn, do. They want to see what's happening next. Yeah, yeah, and they, they're known as like it's a cool entertainment. Person. Yeah, yeah, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, but I want to turn that leadership into a positive. I want them to be looked at in a positive manner and not in a negative way. So, and the voice for the bully, you know, so they don't they feel empowerment. And they don't feel weak. You know, about what someone else says. Their own, thought, you know, opinions of them don't make who they are. So I've just really been just with all my heart, just really wanting people to see how important it is, and that our children are well, dying. Especially the way that I mean, you really hit the nail on the head when you said that that person was a bully because they were waiting for someone else to do it first. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going around with that much weight on your shoulders to where you're potentially um, waiting for someone just to, to bash you. So you're going to yeah. do it first before anybody else does. That's that's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah. You know, but a lot of it just, just it, it's fear-based. They have to forgive themselves. They have to forgive everyone else and um, and move forward. And it's one of those things that even, you know, we need to have a class on common sense or, you know, something about common sense and how to treat people and how to treat ourselves. Yes, yes. That's funny you say that, Jim, because I was just telling someone the other day, <laughs> I mm-hmm. was like, I think the common sense was free, but I guess it's not anymore. <laughs> it's not. They don't have it. <laughs> you know, they don't have it. And what was it? It was like a statistic, like 25% of the population is walking around without a conscience. And scary. Um, yeah, and I'm like, what, what? What happened to them? I mean, you know, I went through Easy Company growing up with my parents and my family being a hot mess. What happened? Right. What's your trauma? <laughs> yeah. Like, like you know, <laughs> I had coming at me. What? What happened to you? <laughs> right. Right. You know, because we have to be there for each other, and for for the other generations, and. Yep and mentoring going back and mentoring it's yeah, everything they need it in the worst way <clears throat> yeah we do it. especially now because look what are they doing they're committing every time I, I go and do my research because they're not putting it on they're not going to put it on the news you know for it like because if they did you know what I mean it'd be a whole lot right it's a whole lot of kids killing themselves on a daily basis and it goes back due to bully being bullied right. and and not 90% of them have reached out and asked and their families have said something and and the schools kind of downplay it and then boom 
you know, something tragic like that happens. And even after the fact, no one still takes accountability. And now you have these parents and these families that are, you know, like just lost. And I, I, I removed my son immediately when it became physical. I didn't care what anybody said. Oh, he needs to be in school. What are you going to do? I can give two, excuse my language, chicks. Right. <laughs> uh, school right now, his, my, my first job is to protect him and keep him safe. You exactly. know, and school can wait. You know, he, he can't go to college school. Can wait. College right. can wait. Yeah. You know, he has to be alive and well. Yeah. Exactly. To make it there, it's crazy. Yeah. Because all of that stuff just kind of, you know, it, it becomes the crust on, on us. Mm-hmm. So that, that, you know, we all have some, you know, we can easily have PTSD without being in a war. Yeah. You know, just have walking through life. So Amen. when it comes to, you know, going through the storm, something's got to wash it off. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you, you, you got to come out on the other side of it and know that you have choices and there are answers. And if you ask for help, help will show up. Yeah. It surely will. And you, you hit it on the head when you said mentorship, mentor, because it's up mm-hmm. to us, the teachers, the parents, the officers, the, the you know what I mean? All of us to make that, you know, give these kids a platform to be able to be something and be great, be somebody, you know, they can't, they can't do it by themselves. They got too much going on in their heads you and body. too much by, by themselves. One of my favorite movies is um, Cubo and the Three Strings, um, where his, his ancestors are coming back to kill him. And he, when he, at the end, when he plays his little guitar and his grandfather, I guess, becomes human again. Everybody around him, instead of telling him, he doesn't have any memory. He just wakes up and he's like, who, where, who am I and where am I? And they, bring, they raise him back up. And they say, what a good person he was. You did this, you did that. You're such a good person. And instead of instilling into him, you're evil, you're horrible, you almost killed, you're, you're, you're terrible. It's, that's society. We love going into that direction of negativity. Yep. If we, we took those kids, instead of saying what they are and cursing them for mm-hmm. generations and say, you're good, it's inside of you. I see it. You don't see it, but I see it. And, and, and have that, mm-hmm. we'd be so ahead of the game. Yeah. We'd be able to turn around those neighborhoods because the only way that we're going to be able to turn around some of those places in in our country that that, it, that it's not getting any better no matter who's president um, no. it's not getting any better no matter how much we're thrown into it how much money we're, we're putting into these neighborhoods and these communities if we don't send in the mentors exactly. you know you gotta send in the mamas <laughs> mm-hmm. you gotta send in the mothers of gratitude um, to, uh, to shine the light yeah for sure it takes a village, you know? Mm-hmm. It does. It can be done, too. It can so be done, but it's like everybody's worried about the wrong stuff instead of what's what's important, you know what I mean? Like, humanity. Like, what's that about? Like, you know, like what's going mm-hmm. on? Because all the stuff we're talking about and that we're going go dealing with, you can't take that with you when, when we're gone, you know? So, I I don't know. I mean, what's That's the point the of doing part. all this? Yeah. That's the sacred part. When you're blessed, you're loved, and you're sacred. So mm-hmm. when, when you understand the sacred, I know you need to write a book about this. When you understand the sacred, you can appreciate your own life, and you can appreciate others. 
Yeah. Like we think when we look at babies, we understand they're sacred. When we look at our dog, we understand that's a sacred being. Um, when we look at ourselves, we're ready to tear each other down and ourselves down. And we don't look like this person in the magazine. Well, who says the magazine's not trash to begin with? Nobody right. looks like that. Don't be showing me a teenager on a cover saying that that's supposed to be me at my age. You're degrading her age. Let her be a teenager. You're air, she's airbrushed anyway. You know, we're not, we're not really helping each other with what media is throwing out at us. And it's not real life. And so bringing back the real and, and making that a priority and making Ooh. that sacred. I like that. Bring it back to real. Mind if I got it. that? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for I sure. Mean, it's like making yeah. gumbo. You can't, you can't rush that as much as I would love to rush making gumbo. You know, you, you got to let it simmer. You got to gotta mm-hmm. add the ingredients a certain way. You got to get your roux right or else the whole thing is wrong. And it's, it's complex. But when you, when you finally have it, it's the most amazing thing you can have. You had to wait for it. And it's the yeah. waiting that everybody hates. Nobody yeah. likes to wait. Everybody wants it right now. You just want to pop open that can and have your grandmother's roux, and it's not going to happen. Right. They can get there faster than... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't microwave yeah. it. <laughs> you can't Traeger it. You can't barbecue it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta just let it simmer. <laughs> and that's a very valuable lesson because if you can't learn to, to wait and to simmer, then the anticipation of wanting things a lot faster turns into probably doing negative things to get it to happen, you know? A lot if faster. I didn't take it this year to um, to sequester myself and write, because my mojo was off. I mean, I was saying it on Facebook, my mojo's off. I can't even cook now. I'm burning cranberries Thanksgiving. <laughs> what the hell? You know, Rachel Ray, two ingredients, and I screwed that up. And so <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I had to get a new pot. I mean, it was bad. So when I realized there was something wrong, there was something off, you know, I had to go back to the project I was at before and write. And I kept hearing this little voice, you know, this this voice saying, Jen, you got to write. You, you, you need to get back. You got to write. And I didn't want to do it. And when I started doing it, when it was presented to me that this is what we're doing now, and, you know, God, the universe didn't give me... You know, haven't given me any answers. They just said, this is what you're doing. And so that's, that's what I started doing. But I had to, I had to close off everything else. I had to close off my friends that said I was crazy. It's not fair. You're sitting at home and writing. That's what I was told. Um, And then I was recently told by my girlfriend that said that to me because I was like, and then I started going, God, I have to get my resume together. I got to get back into medical equipment. Um, in outside sales and everything, I was really getting, um, having a lot of stress about it. I started stressing really bad about, it. am I doing the right thing? Am I being um, responsible? Am I being the highest functioning corporate person I could be? All of those answers are no. That's not me. This is not the person I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be corporate. I'm creative. I have to embrace it. And when I started just lasering in on doing this, and I don't know if it's perfect, I don't know if it's, if it's good, but we're pulling the trigger and we're copywriting it. And we're always going to have to make the scenes different anyway or or the 
the different parts of the movie to where it's you know it smooths it out over here we're going to polish it over there and transition it better for the audience that's always going to be there but you just got to finish it and so finishing it and letting go and being ready for this year has been the greatest gift i could have given myself and it's the hardest the absolute hardest thing i've ever had to do is to just relax knowing i've done the hard work and the big shovels are being brought in and i can see it and i can feel it and i can hear it and it's here so my wish for you and the rest of our listeners is that for 2020 you would be able to let go and to shake off anything that was holding you back and embrace the person that you're supposed to be and fly and just fly and soar Mm, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. You're welcome. You're going to be excited about listening to this over again. <laughs> <laughs> right? We all like, oh, man, I think it's going to be like probably the only one that I've had that really like, you know what I mean? It's like I'm going through like transition stuff and you know what I mean like personally while mm-hmm. I'm listening to it cuz I felt I felt a shift very much so um during this show like uh it was like this release Wow. This awesome. uh this lift of of a little bit of uncertainty uncertainty. Mhm. You know, uh so that's some things ahead of me that are very scary and I've been trying to dodge them, but uh I just know they're they're not going anywhere. You know, but my perspective has changed and I just have to trust and like, oh, it's going to be okay. You know what we call that? That's your mog moment. That's your mother of gratitude moment. It's like Oprah's aha moment, but it's a mother of gratitude. Wow! So you just had the mog moment. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and for your kids, and for your kids, you have that too, because there's just some stuff that we can't get through. There's some stuff that happens no matter what we do or how we try to fix it, put it back together, glue it. You know, um, I'll come back on for another show telling you about my dad, how he came to me, and then how. one of my friends came to me it was like a moses type of thing it was like it was like old testament type of thing and um make my way straight and then i couldn't fix it and i'm like you know i'm irish so i'm just like girl i'm just stubborn sometimes and i'm like i can fix it i can tinker about this i just need 20,000 gallons of you know cement and some rebar and i can fix this thing you know and i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't throw enough love on it i couldn't throw enough dedication on it i couldn't there was nothing i could do and i had to let go and i didn't want to and my hair turned white and i just had to go i just had to go with it in this fog and i can't sleep you know um and i didn't know who i was and you know on the other side of it is hollywood i mean think about that <laughs> <laughs> on the other side is hollywood and uh out of nowhere there's Richard Grieco going you want to make a movie so <laughs> and it's been really it's been really amazing and inspirational ever since wow you know and you have to think about what your legacy is going to be because it's going to be manifesting in 2020 a lot of us it's going to be manifesting in 2020 for the rest of us so whatever your serious passion was go look at those pictures when you were a kid 
what were you doing? What were you writing? Find your artwork, find yourself. And that's the person that you're supposed to manifest in your life. Never leave that person, never forget about them because they're always going to be there for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just trying not to cry. <laughs> oh, no, no, you can cry. You can cry. That's a part of my show. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's a part of my show. You got to go back for that person. And you're seeing that person. You're seeing little bits of light in that person that you were when you were in third grade and all those people that you're with. You know, those are little parts of you and stuff that's happened to you is in your classroom every day. Yeah. You know, that can be your little helper ghost of you mini me running mm -hmm. around you know fix them because you see it yeah and they're blessed because of it you know and they're loved and they are sacred because of you I know I'm gonna make you cry <laughs> or <laughs> well I'm supposed to do that on your show not on mine <laughs> <laughs> I have TVs on mine <laughs> you're gonna see it all on mine we're oh, gonna be man. you in <laughs> so, yeah well I'm gonna get going yes thank you thank you so much this was an amazing amazing time this is a good transformation this is a really great transformation um, my show a beautiful day starts next week at six at eight o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time we're gonna be doing Facebook live and then we're gonna be uploaded probably on Tuesdays or be easier um, but our show is gonna go we're going to be throwing down Monday nights and Thursday nights and then sometime in between because I really want to be able to get back to doing this as much full time as I can because um, I know it's one of the things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, playing it forward and, and being there for people and teaching them how to be there for each other. Amen to that. We need more, more like it, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, from me into your classroom. I want to be there with you. So thank you. take well, take you, gratitude with you every day. I will. I definitely will. And I'll take you with me every day too. Cause I'll, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you're part of the Voice to Be Reckoned with family now too. So you know. I love that. I'm very honored. I'm really just excited and so thankful because I would be lost if it wasn't for this manifestation. I would be. I'd be seriously asking some questions. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'd be like Moses making my, my grand commandments, like what happened? Uh, <laughs> it would not be pretty. But this is, this is an amazing manifestation that's better than anything that I could have ever um, dreamt about doing myself. And you just have to, you have to simmer and let it all come together. Yeah, for and sure. So you are blessed, you are loved, you are sacred. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And be kind to each other out there. Yes, be kind. Kind. Okay. Thank you, Jen. You are welcome. And I will talk with you soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. tell you Jen you're just saying all the right things because when you said that about playing it forward and having those little things for each day of the week well, yeah we're second and third graders well you know all, kinder to eighth but I you got it I you work got with it. 
every day I have to come up with something because they treat each other so horrible, mm-hmm. so horrible. And I'm always, that it's not even about learning anymore, even though it always is. You can't really teach if you don't have it. You know what I mean? Like the kids just got to learn to treat. We have, that's part of teaching. <laughs> so look, give them learning lessons and be like, oh, here you go. You take your test. We, t- I, I take it as teach you how to be, you know, wherever teaching is needed. If I need to teach you guys and help you learn how to treat each other, then that's what it is. But it's been right. such a task. But, you know, every day I come home, I like doing it. I come up with new ways. And I, I did something like that where I made these little cards and I put, okay, today, Monday, uh, I'll kind of call them kindness cards. Leave a card in someone's desk and tell them how, you know what I mean? Or great, oh, you know, like or ask one of your classmates what their favorite color is. Get to know one another. Just something different, mm-hmm. you know, just to get them, but put fun, you know, in it. Because they spend so much time tearing each other down and just doing the most worst things. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I was like this as a kid. But, you know, different times, you know what I mean? And I, TV and all this other stuff that we got. You know, kids don't do what they used to do. Get out, ride their bikes and, you know, run up down the neighborhood anymore. They, they are on social media and they are just not doing you know I'm I'm not certain so So I was like not on this type of you know I didn't have phones like that like our heads running phones you know we're outside so the lights you know street lights came on exactly yeah or somebody whistled it's time for everybody to get home right (laughs) Um, one of my neighbors had a mad whistle you could hear it from like a mile away and it would be five o'clock every day five or six o'clock and that meant everybody better get their ass home. And um, it was time for dinner. Like everybody was off the street. <laughs> yep. And we all knew when Stefan, Mr. Stefanik, you know, would do his whistle. It was like, oh God, okay, time for dinner. But we were all outside, whether we liked it or not, whether we wanted to be or not. Mm-hmm. And yep. so it's, it's hard to do that now. It is. Um, and, and to let go because I think we know how precious our kids are but at the same time if they don't do that we're losing them I'm not certain what what we are um, cultivating yeah. in these kids I, I haven't because I have teenagers now so I've gone from having the cute and cuddly mm-hmm. child to a velociraptor you know that's what I <laughs> 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 I got a mini one. I'm what, 13 in March. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So my girls would turn into velociraptors. And it's like, oh, oh dear. Because, you know, everything is cringy now. Um, can't, can't hug them and snuggle them like I used to. They're taller than me. They're raiding my wardrobe. I can't find stuff. And it's cute. And I like it. But man, you know, I worry. The worry that I have now is different than it was when they were little. Yeah, yeah, because sure. they're going to be out there out with there. all those people, and mm-hmm. you know, and the, you know, I always said the world can wait because the world's going to have you anyway. You can stay inside, um, but now it's like, yeah, you can't protect them from. Yeah, you can't. But you want them from social media. Yeah, you just got to give them the right tools, and you know, pray. You know, I mean, you installed, <laughs> you know, and enough, enough. You know what I mean? But they'll have their fall, you know, they'll, like we did, they'll fall and, you know, and if they fall, we just got to teach them how to, what you do, it's not what you do when you fall, it's what you do after, you know, you get back up, you know? Right. And you know what's, you know, the irony is growing up, our parents came from the generation that had black and white TVs, right? Yep. (laughs) 
And that was the difference between the caveman times, because our grandparents didn't have TVs, um, you know, going in the 1900s. But now it's Wi-Fi. We're now the cavemen because we have the pre-Wi-Fi and after Wi-Fi generations. And so automatically I'm looked at as, as the caveman because I didn't have it growing up. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't have a remote growing up? We didn't have a remote. We were the remote, you know. We were telling right. talking on the phone. You know? <laughs> um, and they just look at me and I'm like, I swear to God, I'm getting a phone. I'm going to have it in the, in the house. And they're going to be like, what the heck is that? It's a phone. Right. It's ringing. <laughs> ringing and you can't, you can't move past the kitchen. <laughs> right. <That's a> <laughs> Everybody can just hear me staring at me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can't text on it. <laughs> you can't text on it. No, it's not an invasion of privacy either, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's so funny. I remember when um the remote control, uh, I think it was that the, the cable box, the first one came out was Cox Cable, the little square yeah. box. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember my dad, when it first came out, my dad had one, and he would leave the remote on top of the TV, and he would get up and still walk to turn, change the channel. He said, I'm not using that. He said, that's called the lazy, that's a lazy control. You know, oh, my he, gosh. But the remote, yes. yeah, on top of the TV, he refused to use it. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like you lose a remote control, you don't know, you lose your, your mind. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you can't, you can't get, you can't function. <laughs> If it doesn't work, what happened to my batteries? What are my batteries? What, what is it a solar flare? What's going on? <laughs> oh man, things—the things that we rely on now. And I, I sat back and I thought about it. I was like, it'd be so cool. You know, I don't know if they do home ec or anything like that anymore. But I still think it'd be so cool to teach kids how it was to, you know, what I mean, to have those those uh, <clears throat> those skills that say like all this kind of went away certain things we wouldn't have anymore down to washing your own clothes out by with hand hanging it on the you know what I mean or we hung it outside yeah Yeah. skill sets to have just just to say if that's what it came down to in the world like you know those things those survival type of you know because you know they 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 don't have a washing machine they're like oh what am I gonna do well that would be the class would be survival you know (laughs) (laughs) That would be zombie apocalypse class one on one. How to survive? How to survive without Wi-Fi? <laughs> like other things to do, right? There's no internet. There's no phones. Like you know, they don't know what to do. So it's like, and, and I noticed that um, working with I've been working with schools since like uh, I think about six to six and a half seven years. That when the kids don't have anything to do, that's when they uh, start doing like cer- certain kids. I noticed they'll start going at each other or gossiping. It got really bad. You know? So right. that's goal this this new school year is finding things to redirect the kids from fighting with each other or doing this or doing that. You know, just redirect but in a positive manner. You know, so because all of that is fear based, mm-hmm. all of it, and yep. you're in the trenches, woman. Mm-hmm. You've got brass ovaries because you're <laughs> able to do stuff that I'm not, and that that wasn't my calling. But yeah, you're in the trenches with, when it comes to that because everything that they're going through, it's magnetized in their own world, you know, yep. and it's just magnified on social media. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, the more the more fear that their negativity they're putting out, the worse it's coming back. And you got a whole classroom doing that. Yeah. They have to figure it out, not not to harness that. Yeah, for sure. And I just always use every moment as a teachable moment. You know, right. and I, I see that. Instead of just be like, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? It's more like, let me humanize. Let me show you, you know I mean? How to have empathy for, you know, you don't know right. what someone else goes through when they're not here, they're at home. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you gotta, completely. So, yeah. Completely. Because I didn't have a safe place growing up. I mean, I grew up in a house full of teenagers. Everybody was drunk or stoned. And um, my dad worked days. My mom worked nights. My sister kind of took care of me. I was left on my own for so long. My neighbor took care of me. They were from the Bronx. I got their accent over my parents' southern accent from South Carolina. So I was a northern, I'm a southern child, northern child born in a southern family. Wow. So when I would go back to South Carolina, everybody would be like, what happened? How'd you give birth to a Yankee? I mean, it was like... (laughs) (laughs) Because I had such a hard New York accent, and it's gotten better, but um, I do not have the southern twang of the rest of my family at all whatsoever. So when you look at us, we all look the same, but um, we don't sound anything like each other, yeah. which is which has always been funny because I've never lost it, and it's going from that to going into a school like you're talking about um that was like me growing up I mean it was just it was hard it was hard and there was no safe place but what I do remember are my teachers and they became the pillars and the foundation of my life about coming on like once a week or even doing an audio a gratitude snippet to keep here with us and a voice to be reckoned with for our listeners that would be so cool hmm. wishful thinking well that's my wish hint hint so all the good things that I knew was inside of me they would show it yeah. And that's what you're doing to your kids. Yeah, so it's about, you know, it's not just about teaching, uh, you know, like, you know, book, you know, book teaching, you know what I mean? It's way more deeper than that. It's mm-hmm. seeing the bulbs come on when they finally receive or get something, you know, or, you know, just this, when they say the most funniest stuff and you're not supposed to laugh, it's just watching them grow from kindergarten to like six, you know, fourth, just watch them just grow. It's just like... And mature and just and it's like one of the most like rewarding gifts you know that so I've ever one of the most beautiful things about teachers like you you know and it speaks volumes about what you're doing with the kids because you're it you're their safety you're their safety net you're their safety line yeah you know, you're, you have no idea that the, the power that you have we all have the power of life and death in our tongue but to be a teacher for children who don't have a home life that's not nurturing you're it you're the replacement whether you like it or not yeah yeah definitely and I, I take that very you know uh personal and I you know and I don't t- I don't take it lightly you know 
because I yeah, pay attention yeah. closely and I could see disappointment. It could be anything, you know, with the disappointment in one in someone a kid's eyes if I forget something or just whatever it may be. You know what I mean? I'll remember it, you know, and then I'll, I'll go back to it, you know, and I'll say something or I'll go over to it, you know what I mean? Because they're kids, so they're just, you know, it's, you know, I just don't ever, I don't know what it's like on the other side for them and if they're used to just, you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just like at home or she's just, you know what I mean? I don't ever want to be that for them. I want them to know, you know, how I'm human. I'm trying my best. Yeah, I'm a hot, my students, they know I'm a hot mess. Like, they know, they know I never know my <laughs> Okay, I've hired so many. They're my assistant. I'm like, okay, she's the assistant. She's that. Okay, you know where my phone is. Okay, go get that. <laughs> so I'm just yeah, but that's good because you're giving them, <laughs> you're you're make you're giving them power to help you help them. Yeah, they love. And it And when too. you give them that ownership, that ownership of education, you know that helps their self esteem. Yeah my little buddies <laughs> that's awesome how many kids do you have in your class um this year I go between two classes but my main class is a this is a combo second and third grade and I think there's uh all together 22 at the most wow okay yeah and the, the great thing about this group of kids is I've been with I've been with them since I've been with the second graders I've been with them since they were in kindergarten I've been in each one. So every year I come back, I've always been that. Because I'm not the, the, the certified, like, the teacher of the classroom. But I'm mm-hmm. the, like, that big support. Like, like my job is very important. Like, if I don't go to work, I, I'm messing up somebody's day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, like, we're very much needed. So, you know, I, I feel like reading and phonics and that support. You know what I mean? Because there's so many kids that I want the teacher, you know what I mean, can't give, you know, her time to each. Right. You know what I mean? As she, as she would want. He or she would want to. So, yeah, I've been with these kids since they were in kindergarten, and now they're both second and third. So it's like my little, little family. Yeah, That's awesome. Grow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you get, you get attached to, you know, like if one doesn't come back or, you know, or ditches off to a, you know, to another school or whatever it may be. Like oh, <laughs> well, they become your family. Mm-hmm. You know, these are your kids, literally. Yeah. Yep. That's one thing I can say about them because I don't really anything that happens outside or what I'm going through is pretty much forgotten when I'm uh, when I as soon as I get there. So. How long have you been a teacher? I've been working. I started. Uh, because before I was out of advocating for um, families with foster care and stuff and mm-hmm. I got that through an intern and then I became an office manager and so my son was going to uh, this uh, his school a charter school and um, you know I was very you know I knew I knew the staff very well because I always volunteered you know what I mean then all that stuff and then one day I come in because I wasn't working at other place anymore and they were like luckily I didn't wear my pajamas that day when I dropped them off they're like, so did she tell you you're working today? I said, huh? And then like that was he when he was in first grade. He's in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade now. And so yes, from first to seventh grade. That's how long I and I was working in my son's school with him from first to I think it was sixth grade. We've been in the same from because we went to two different schools because our first school got shut down after a few years. And then I ended up getting a job at his uh 
his second school, but I had to remove him to, you know, I just separated because things weren't going too well as far as uh, that's when the, uh, the bullying and all the, that started to uh, manifest and occur. How do you think is the easiest way but to nip it in the bud for bullying? Oh, wow. Well, it's not easy, but it's necessary. I think um, we can't treat anything like lightly. Like it has anything like for making fun of someone, anything, you have to nip it in the bud because it's, they're doing it at someone else's expense. And I know for me, I don't like to be the brunt or the joke or anybody disrespecting or making fun of me, you know? So I think if when you start right. right there and then you engage and then you, you have to already know what you're working with, you know kids are mean to There's mean, okay? <laughs> I'm so experienced there. Mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to be a listener. I, I walk around a lot because I'm a safety at recess too. And um, I listen without even, I was kind of like, mm-hmm. You know, kind of listen in on stuff. I pay a lot of attention to body language and to what's going on around, you know, and you just, you have to engage with them. You can't let any of it slide. All of it is a teachable moment. But I think to nip it in the bud, you have to have something put in place already. Like, uh, you have to talk about it, you know, because even if you have control in your school, it's going on in the rest of the world, you know, and so you have those things going on outside when they go home or watch the news. You have to address those things at, at school. The mass shootings, all that stuff. You have to talk about these things, right. help them mm-hmm. work it out and understand these things. You have to put programs into place where like kids can bond with each other. If you have a certain group that doesn't really dip, like clicks, they don't really talk to the others. I noticed that a lot. Then you, you should do things. You find out what kids like to do and you do things, put them in settings. You don't force them, but kind of to start, you know, work, working together. You know, especially with the, the young girls, because, you know, we're trying to rate women here, young ladies, you exactly. know, and, and that's just, that's a thing that I really just don't like when I see girls, women in general, but young girls putting other girls down, you know, and so even that too, you have to like, you know, because you, they go home and they get it probably too, and that's probably why they're doing it at school, but if you have a, a really good <clears throat> school to where that's what your that's part like part of your curriculum as much as your your you know what I mean your curriculum math and all that stuff that has to be too and I think you'll most likely you you won't be perfect but you'll have a chance but you have to be consistent with it because they're consistent with it and it has to be consequences you know just has to be so that's I agree I think so I think Good. So. I, I hope that helps a lot of parents out there I and mean, teachers I, and people. I hope so too. I mean, as far as where I, where I'm at right now, I don't have that power. <clears throat> All I can do is be the person who I am to to these children and to any child that crosses my path. But that's why I wanted to start my program, you know, my my foundation, you know, for um, stopping the pain. You know, and that's for the bullies mm-hmm. and the bullies, so they could come together. And the bully, the bullies, they can, you know, turn that. You know, because they lead other people. People follow that mess. Yeah, <laughs> they, they turn, do. They want to see what's happening next. Yeah, yeah, and they they're known as like the cool entertainment. Person. Yeah, yeah, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, 
but I want to turn that leadership into a positive. I want them to be looked at in a positive manner and not in a negative way. So, and the voice for the bully, you know, so they don't, they feel empowerment. And if they don't feel weak, you know, that what someone else says, their own, th- you know, opinions of them don't make who they are. So I've just really been just with all my heart, just really wanting people to see how important it is and that our children are dying. Especially the way that, I mean, you really hit the nail on the head when you said that that person was a bully because they were waiting for someone else to do it first. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going around with that much weight on your shoulders to where you're potentially um, waiting for someone just to, to bash you, so you're going to yeah. do it first before anybody else does, that's, that's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of weight to carry. Well, you know, but a lot of it just, just it, it's fear-based. They have to forgive themselves. They have to forgive everyone else and, um, and move forward. And it's one of those things that even, you know, we need to have a class on common sense or, you know, something about common sense and how to treat people and how to treat ourselves. Yes, yes. It's funny you say that, Jen, because I was just telling someone the other day, <laughs> I mm-hmm. was like, I think the common sense was free, but I guess it's not anymore. <laughs> not they don't have it <laughs> you know they don't have it and what was it, it was like a statistic like 25 percent of the population is walking around without a conscience and Ooh, um, so scary yeah and i'm like what, what what happened to them i mean you know i went through easy company growing up with my parents and my family being a hot mess what happened right what's your trauma <laughs> yeah like, like you know <laughs> Your bullets coming at me. What what happened to you? <laughs> right, right. You know, because we have to be there for each other, and for for the other generations, and yep. and mentoring, going back and mentoring, it's yeah, everything. They need it in the worst way. <clears throat> yeah, we do, it. especially now. Because look, what are they doing? They're committing every time I, I go and do my research because they're not putting it on. They're not going to put it on the news, you know, for it. Like because if they did. You know what I mean? It'd be a whole lot. Right. It's a whole lot of kids killing themselves on a daily basis. And it goes back due to bully, being bullied. Right. And, and not about 90% of them have reached out and asked and their families have said something. And and the schools kind of downplay it. And then boom, you know, something tragic like that happens. And even after the fact, no one still takes accountability. And now you have these parents and these families that are, you know, like just lost and I, I I removed my son immediately when it became physical I didn't care what anybody said oh he needs to be in school what are you gonna do I can give two excuse my language shakes right. <laughs> uh, right now his my my first job is to protect him and keep him safe you exactly. know and school can wait you know he, he can't mean, go to college school. Can wait. College right. can wait. yeah you know he has to be alive and well yeah exactly to make it there it's crazy yeah, because all of that stuff just kind of, you know, it, it becomes the crust on, on us mm-hmm. so that, that you know, we all have some, you know, we can easily have PTSD without being in a war. We yeah. just have walking through life. So when Amen. it comes to, you know, going through the storm, something's got to wash it off. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you, you, you got to come out on the other side of it and know that you have choices and there are answers and if you ask for help help will show up yep 
coach and it's really well and you you hit it on the head when you said mentorship mentor because it's up mm-hmm. to us the teachers the parents the officers the, the you know what I mean all of us to make that you know give these kids a platform to be able to be something and be great and be somebody you know can't they can't do it by themselves they got too much going on in their heads you and have too much by by themselves one of my favorite movies is um Cubo and the Three Strings, um, where his, his ancestors are coming back to kill him. And he, when he, at the end, when he plays his little guitar and his grandfather, I guess, becomes human again, everybody around him, instead of telling him, he doesn't have any memory. He just wakes up and he's like, who, where, who am I and where am I? And they, bring, they raise him back up and they say, what a good person he was you did this, you did that, you're such a good person. And instead of instilling into him, you're evil, you're horrible, you almost killed, you're, you're, you're terrible. It's, that's society. We love going into that direction of negativity. Yep. If we, we took those kids, instead of saying what they are and cursing them for generations and say, you're good, it's inside of you, I see it. You don't see it, but I see it. And, and and have that mm-hmm. we'd be so ahead of the game yeah be able to turn around those neighborhoods because the only way that we're going to be able to turn around some of those places in in our country that that, it, that it's not getting any better no matter who's president nope. um, it's not getting any better no matter how much we're throwing into it how much money we're, we're putting into these neighborhoods and these communities if we don't send in the mentors exactly. you know you got to send in the mamas. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to send in the mothers of gratitude um, to uh, to shine the light. Yeah, for sure. It takes a village, you know. Mm-hmm. It and does. Fun too. It can so be done, but it's like everybody's worried about the wrong stuff instead of what's what's important. You know what I mean? Like humanity. Like what's that about? Like anyway, what, mm-hmm. what's going on? Because all the stuff we're talking about never going dealing with you can't take that with you when, when we're gone you know so i i don't know i mean what's the, the point of doing part. all this? yeah that's the sacred part when you're blessed you're loved and you're sacred so mm-hmm. when, when you understand the sacred i know you need to write a book about this when you understand the sacred you can appreciate your own life and you can appreciate others yeah like we think when we look at babies we understand they're sacred when we look at our dog we understand that's a sacred being um, when we look at ourselves, we're ready to tear each other down and ourselves down. And we don't look like this person in the magazine. Well, who says the magazine's not trash to begin with? Nobody right. looks like that. Don't be showing me a teenager on a cover saying that that's supposed to be me at my age. When you're, you're degrading her age. Let yeah. her be a teenager. You're air, she's airbrushed anyway. You know, we're not, we're not really helping each other okay. with what media is throwing out at us. And it's not real life. And so bringing back the real and, and making that a priority and making that mm. sacred. I like that, Jen. Bring it back the real. You mind if I got use it. that? Yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah, for I mean, sure. It's like making Tell- gumbo. You can't, you can't rush that. As much as I would love to rush making gumbo, you know, you, you got to let it simmer. You got to mm-hmm. add the ingredients a certain way. You got to get your roux mm-hmm. right or else the whole thing is wrong. And it's it's complex, but when you when you finally have it, it's the most amazing thing you can have. You had to wait for it. 
and it's the yeah. waiting that everybody hates. Nobody yeah. likes to wait. Everybody wants it right now. You just want to pop open that can and have your grandmother's roux, and it's not going to happen. Right. They can get there faster than... <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't microwave yeah. it. <laughs> you can't Traeger it. You can't barbecue it. <laughs> yeah. You got to just let it simmer. <laughs> And that's a very valuable lesson because if you, they can't learn to, to wait and to simmer, then the anticipation of wanting things a lot faster turns into doing negative things to get it to happen, you know, a lot if faster. If I didn't take it this year to, um, to sequester myself and write, because my mojo was off. I mean, I was saying it on Facebook, my mojo's off. I can't even cook now. I'm burning cranberries Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You know, Rachel Ray, two ingredients, and I screwed that up. And so <laughs> I had to get a new pot. I mean, it was bad. So when I realized there was something wrong, there was something off, you know, I had to go back to the project I was at before and write. And I kept hearing this little voice, you know, this this voice saying, Jen, you got to write. You, you, you need to get back. You got to write. And I didn't want to do it. And when I started doing it, when it was presented to me that this is what we're doing now, and, you know, God, the universe didn't give me, you know, heaven didn't give me any answers. They just said, this is what you're doing. And so that's, that's what I started doing. Wow. But I had, to, I had to close off everything else. I had to close off my friends that said I was crazy. It's not fair. You're sitting at home and writing. That's what I was told. Um, and then... I was recently told by my girlfriend that said that to me because I was like, oh. and then I started going, God, I have to get my resume together. I got to get back into medical equipment um, and outside sales and everything. I was really getting, um, having a lot of stress about it. I started stressing really bad about, it. am I doing the right thing? Am I being um, responsible? Am I being the highest functioning corporate person I could be? All of those answers are no. That's not me. This is not the person I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be a corporate. I'm creative. I have to embrace it. And when I started just lasering in on doing this, and I don't know if it's perfect. I don't know if, if it's good, but we're pulling the trigger and we're copywriting it. And we're always going to have to make the scenes different anyway or or the the different parts of the movie to where it's, you know, it, smooth it out over here we're going to polish it over there and transition it better for the audience that's always going to be there but you just got to finish it and so finishing it and letting go and being ready for this year has been the greatest gift I could have given myself and it's the hardest the absolute hardest thing I've ever had to do is to just relax knowing I've done the hard work and the big shovels are being brought in and I can see it and I can feel it and I can hear it and it's here. So my wish for you and the rest of our listeners is that for 2020, you would be able to let go and to shake off anything that was holding you back and embrace the person that you're supposed to be and fly and just fly and soar. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. You're welcome. You're going to be excited about listening to this over again. 
right? Be all like, oh, man, I think it's gonna be like probably the only one that I've had that really like, you know what I mean? It's like I'm going through like transition and stuff, and you know what I mean? Like personally, while mm-hmm. I was listening to it, because I, I felt I felt a shift very much so um, during this show. Like uh, it was like this release. Wow. And, uh, awesome. This uh, this lift of of a little mm-hmm. bit of unsurety, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I got some things ahead of me that are very scary, and I've been trying to dodge them, but uh, I just know that they're they're not going anywhere. You know, but my perspective has changed, and I just have to trust and let go. It's gonna be okay. You know what we call that? That's your mog moment. That's your mother of gratitude moment. Oh, it's like Oprah's I... aha moment, but it's a mother of gratitude. Wow! So you just had the mog moment. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> and for your kids, and for your kids, you have that too. Because there's just some stuff that we can't get through. There's some stuff that happens no matter what we do or how we try to fix it, put it back together, glue it. You know, um, I'll come back on for another show telling you about my dad, how he came to me, and then how one of my friends came to me. It was like a Moses type of thing. It was like, it was like Old Testament type of thing and um, make my way straight and then I couldn't fix it. And I'm like, you know, I'm Irish. So I'm just like, girl, I'm just stubborn sometimes. And I'm like, I can fix it. I can tinkerbell this. I just need 20,000 gallons of, you know, cement and some rebar and I can fix this thing, you know? And I couldn't, I couldn't throw enough love on it. I couldn't throw enough dedication on it. I couldn't, there was nothing I could do. And I had to let go and I didn't want to. And my hair turned white. And I just had to go. I just had to go with it. In this fog and I can't sleep, you know? Um, And I didn't know who I was. And, you know, on the other side of it is Hollywood. I mean, think about that. (laughs) (laughs) On the other side is Hollywood. And uh, out of nowhere, there's Richard Grieco going, you wanna make a movie? So, (laughs) and it's been really, it's been really amazing and inspirational ever since. Wow. You know, and you have to think about what your legacy is going to be because it's going to be manifesting in 2020. A lot of us, it's going to be manifesting in 2020 for the rest of us. So whatever your serious passion was, go look at those pictures when you were a kid. What were you doing? What were you writing? Find your artwork, find yourself. And that's the person that you're supposed to manifest in your life. Never leave that person. Never forget about them because they're always going to be there for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just trying not to cry. <laughs> oh, no, no, you can cry. You can cry. That's a part of my show. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's a part of my show. You got to go back for that person. And you're seeing that person. You're seeing little bits of light in that person that you were when you were in third grade and all those people that you're with. You know, those are little parts of you. And stuff that's happened to you is in your classroom every day. You know, that can be your little helper ghost of you, mini me, running mm-hmm. around, you know, fix them because you see it. Yeah. And they're blessed because of it. You know, and they're loved and they are sacred because of you. I know I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> or? <laughs> well, I'm supposed to do that on your show, not on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have TVs on mine. <laughs> You're going to see it all on mine. We're going to be able to you in. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to get going. Okay. 
Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. This was an amazing, amazing time. This is a good transformation. This is a really great transformation. Um, my show, A Beautiful Day, starts next week at six at eight o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing Facebook Live, and then we're going to be uploaded probably on Tuesdays or be easier. Um, but our show is going to go. We're going to be throwing down Monday nights and Thursday nights, and then sometime in between, because I really want to be able to get back to doing this as much full time as I can. Um, because I know it's one of the things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, playing it forward and and being there for people and teaching them how to be there for each other. Amen to that. We need more, more like it, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, from me into your classroom. I want to be there with you. So, thank you. Take, well, take you gratitude with you every day. I will. I definitely will. And I'll take you with me every day, too. Cause I'll Amen. Be... <laughs> <laughs> You're part of the Voice to be Reckoned With family now, too. So, you know. I love that. I'm very honored. I'm really just excited and so thankful because I would be lost if it wasn't for this manifestation. I would be I'd be seriously asking some questions. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I would be like Moses making my, my grand commandments, like what happened? Uh, <laughs> it would not be pretty. But this is this is an amazing manifestation that's better than anything that I could have ever um, dreamt about doing myself. And you just have to, you have to simmer and let it all come together. Yeah, for sure. So you are blessed. You are loved. You are sacred. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And be kind to each other out there. Yes, be kind. kind. Okay, thank you, Jen. You are welcome. And I will talk with you soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I know that I have a newfound friend. Her name is Jen and she has a life from within. 2020 must be a year of many things. And what I know, Jen Ward Hall, I'm excited about what this year brings. Happy late birthday and thank you so much. Love you, Jen. <laughs>